by trying to force feed yourself goals because they are the accepted as the, the standard, it, it might seem smart on the surface because it seems motivating, but it's not. It's not real motivation. And what will happen is deep down, your subconscious mind will end up going, uh, well, F that noise. I don't even actually care about that result. So why am I going to put myself through all of the stress of doing the work to get it? And this is why people struggle with motivation. It's because there's no connection to the goal or the result. And when that's the case, you're going to find it very hard to stay motivated. Where if instead you have goals that aren't just arbitrary and are actually built around you and make you feel good and make you excited to go out and do the work that it will take to achieve them, you are setting yourself up for success. Welcome, my fellow humans, to another episode of the Healthy, Happy Human Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Levitin. I've got a great episode for you today, but before we jump in, I just want to let you know about the Healthy, Happy Human Academy Facebook group. This is a private Facebook group that I created for my coaching clients that I've opened up to the public free of charge. Inside, I do weekly live trainings, share helpful and motivational content, and support the members on their journeys to being healthy, happy humans. So if you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, a place to learn and grow, then come join. The link is in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you. And now, on to today's episode. I'm going to get real with you on this episode, friend. And I'm going to talk to you about something that's been plaguing me. Literally, the bane of my existence for as long as I can remember. Today, we're going to talk about self-sabotage. And by the end of the episode... I'm going to leave you with three keys to make sure that you're equipped whenever it rears its ugly head. So make sure you stay till the end for this week's action step. Okay, so do you want to know what my least favorite conversation to have is? My least favorite conversation with anyone, anytime, anywhere. And it's not just small talk about the weather and it's not... Hearing about my Uncle Larry's recent enema and colonoscopy combo doctor visit, although those certainly rank high on the list, no, sadly, my least favorite conversation is one that I have a lot, monthly, if not even weekly. It's a conversation that sometimes I have with myself, and quite often it's a conversation that I have paid thousands of dollars to have because I discuss it with one of my many coaches or mentors. And regardless of who I'm talking to, the conversation always starts off with one simple, seemingly innocuous question. And that question is, what's holding you back? And remember, when I say you, the you in this story is me. It's Paul. So whenever I get on a call with my coach, the conversation goes a little something like this. He'll say something like, so did you do all of the tasks that you set for yourself last week? And I'll start rambling well, yeah, I did some, but then I got confused about this and I got stuck on that. And by that point, my brain is already in full excuse mode. I'm doing backflips and cartwheels and all types of mental gymnastics to justify why I didn't, or as I like to pretend, why I couldn't handle my shit. And it's the same shit that just a week prior I had personally chosen to handle. 
as stated in the initial question, these are goals that I set for myself. No one twisted my arm and told me to commit to a weekly newsletter or daily social media posts or to release a podcast every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. (coughs) Cough, cough, subscribe. No, that means that I made a conscious decision. I looked at my schedule for the week, understanding all the obstacles that I had ahead, all of my time constraints, and I still said, yep, I can commit to making this work. And then, somehow, here I am again, in the same situation, not having done everything that I'd said I'd do. So, in this situation, I do what I always do. Again, I backflip, and I dig into my bag of tricks, my deep bag of tricks. It's a big one. And I go to my ever-faithful excuses. You know, there's the the time-honored classic. I didn't have time. But, you know, we know that's bullshit because I planned this stuff knowing what other responsibilities that I had that week. There's the lovely, I forgot, which again is bullshit since I had it in literal big colorful blocks on my digital calendar, you know, Google Calendar, iCalendar, even complete with alarms and reminders. And then when all else fails and I'm really, I'm really up against it, I, I will settle for the ever classic Ah, yeah, something came up. And, ah, that feels good, you know? It's just, take it off my plate. Yeah, now it's someone else's fault. Who? Whose fault? Oh, that? No, no, that I don't know. But it's someone. It's someone, though. You know, maybe it's the universe. As long as it isn't me, that is what's important. Because, oh, yeah, that feels nice, right? You feel that? You feel that warm, fuzzy feeling? It's It's like grandma's hug. Or a hot cup of cocoa. It's like... The feeling of being able to blame someone else for your problems. Ah, yeah, that's my favorite. Until, ah, fuck, here it comes. Just like fucking clockwork, it's that goddamn question again. So whose fault is that? And that's when I really want to dig my heels in, right? That's when I want to double down. So I want to go, no, no, it's them. It's the universe. It's the economy. It's it's the pandemic. I want so badly to be able to just take all the fault away from me, to put the onus onto anyone, onto anything else, so that I can feel that sweet, sweet relief of faultlessness. But that's not how this works. I know, deep down, the real answer. And if I won't admit it, my coach will drag it out of me. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. The answer, if you haven't guessed it yet, to the question of what's holding you back, to the question of whose fault is that, to the question of why the fuck haven't I gotten my shit together yet, is always, undoubtedly, unarguably, incontrovertibly, me. It is me. It's always been me. It will always be me. No one else is picking up my phone and making me scroll Instagram while I should be finishing recording this podcast. No one else is making me schedule my workouts for 8 p.m. when I know that after a long day of work, I'm going to be too tired and unmotivated to actually do them. I am the one holding me back. I am, dun dun dun, self-sabotaging. <gasps> what? Paul, no, say it ain't so. I know, I know guys, I know family, I know. It's hard to believe that me, the paragon of all things good and healthy, could be sitting here telling you that I sabotage myself.
but it is the truth. I know it is, because if it wasn't the truth, I would probably be president of Earth right now. I'd be broadcasting this to you from Mars while I ride around in space Teslas with Elon Musk and a hologram of Steve Jobs. Because quite honestly, the only thing holding me back from achieving all of that and more is me. I know this deep down in my soul. But if I'm being honest with you, that's also where I'd like to keep it. Deep down, tucked away, safely out of my conscious awareness where I can avoid it and lean on those go-to excuses. And that's why when I'm forced to come face-to-face with those annoying questions and to speak the truth out loud, I always respond the same way. If you're in the room when someone asks me, hey, Paul, what's holding you back? You will literally hear me exclaim verbally, fuck. It sounds exactly like that every time. Fuck. Then, after a few seconds pause, take a few deep breaths, and in a much lower tone, I'll say, me. You know what? What, Paul? I didn't hear you. Me. Me, goddammit, me. I am the one holding me back. I am the one who is stopping me from achieving my goals. It's me. It's me. It's always been me. Cut to the scene from the notebook of me twirling myself in the rain or something. I don't know. Not quite sure where I was going with that, but the point still stands. Every time someone, myself included, asks why I haven't done what I'm supposed to do or why I'm not where I want to be in anywhere area of my life, be it personally, professionally, relationally, anywhere, two things happen. The first thing is I want to lie, I want to make excuses, and I want to shift the blame. But the second thing is if I'm honest with myself, I tell the truth, and the truth is that it's my fault, and that no one is stopping me but me. Whew! What a relief. It feels good to get that off my chest. And I think it's important to come clean with you here today, because I want to help end self-sabotage, not just for me, but for you as well. See, self-sabotage is an extremely human event. When you are listening to this, you might be nodding along because in this story, I am you and you are me and we are us. It doesn't matter if I'm talking about a diet or sticking to a workout program or building an online business or building a relationship or literally anything else. When it comes to achieving goals or rather, when it comes to not achieving them, it really boils down to one simple thing. We get in our own way. A lot. And again, I say we because this is an inherently human trait. This is why I want to talk about this today. Because since you're listening to this, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you're a human. And therefore, you have a tendency to self-sabotage as well. We can make all the excuses in the world. I know I sure do, right? I, I, I listed a bunch of them already. Lack of time. I don't know where to start. There's a million different reasons that I can come up with for why I couldn't, why I didn't, why I haven't. But if we're honest, if we're honest with ourselves, those are all the same. They're just different versions of self-sabotage, right? I don't have time. 
who controls your time? I don't know where to start. Who controls what you're doing with your phone? Who controls the fact that you're watching Instagram instead of looking up how-to tutorials on YouTube, right? Who controls literally everything about you? It's not a trick question. The answer is you. Therefore, if you aren't getting your shit handled, it is your fault. Now, yes, there can be external factors. Obviously, things outside of our control affect our lives. Yes, people have kids and jobs and families and diseases and pandemics and global economic crises. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. Please, I save your angry emails. Those things are real. I am not downplaying them or doubting them at all. But they don't negate what I'm talking about here. They do not negate the truth, the truthiest truth of them all. And that is that the only thing that you have control over in this life, the only things that you can control every single day are yourself, your actions, and to some extent, how you spend your time. Right. Sometimes, again, we have work. We have there. There are th- things about our time that become outside of our control. We get stuck in traffic or something like that. But that's not the point. It may seem abrasive when I put it so bluntly, but trust me, I'm not being judgmental. That's why I started off this all by telling you a little bit about my own personal story and my own struggles. You know, a, a wise person once said. The best research is actually me-search, M-E. And let's just say that I've done a shitload of me-search on the topic of self-sabotage. I am an expert, a black belt, a master, okay? I am the one who holds me back. And the chances are, if you're listening to this, you are the one holding yourself back. And I know people don't like to hear it. However, when we do hear it, Usually, this might be the feeling that you're getting right now, we inherently, if even begrudgingly, tend to have a gut feeling that this is the truth, right? We kind of know it to be true because it's kind of true. You can't really argue against it, right? Again, we can go into our bag of excuses. We can say, no, but Paul, you don't understand. I really, uh, 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 uh." I get it. It's okay. Calm down. Do you need a hug? Yes. I, I, I'm there for you. I empathize with you. I, I get that these things are real. But when it boils down to it, when the, when the rubber hits the road, when the pavement hits the fan, I don't know what other stupid euphemisms I can use, you are in control of your actions. We have to, we have to, we have to accept that, right? And I've spent this much time hammering this home because it's imperative that we get past this right out of the gate. Like we have to be together and in agreement on this if we are to move forward. And so I'm hoping that you're there with me now. I'm hoping that we're on the same page. And if we are, what I want to do now is lay out my three key mindset shifts that you must adopt if you want to have at least the slightest chance in winning the battle against self-sabotage. The first key is acceptance. Acceptance lies at the root of all positive change. Acceptance of what is and what is not. Acceptance of reality and of truths. Realities and truths which do not give one iota of care about you or me or our opinions. Right? 
like accepting that you're holding yourself back and that no one is coming to save you. And accepting that if you want better for yourself, you have to do better for yourself. Acceptance precedes all change. If I want to lose weight, I have to first accept that I am at a weight that I am unhappy with or that I'm uncomfortable at for whatever reason. I must also accept that my decisions around food and activity up until this point have gotten me here. If I continue to blame my environment, if I blame my genetics, if I blame all these other things, there's a very small chance of me actually changing that stuff. Because again, I've passed the onus. I've passed the buck. Oh, well, it's, it's not my decisions. It's my genetics. It's my hormones. It's my this. It's my that. Right? These things can affect us for sure. I'm not saying that hormones don't affect your weight. I'm not saying that your environment doesn't affect your weight. 100% they do. But if you can't control them, blaming them does not help. We need to accept what is and also what is not. Accept what is a fact, right? Because, as I just alluded to, on the other side of acceptance lies blame. Blaming others. Blaming algorithms. Blaming genetics. John Maxwell is one of my favorite authors, and he has a great quote on leadership that goes, We don't find solutions to problems that we didn't help to create. Meaning if you don't feel that the problem is your fault, you're not going to find a reason to to solve it. Okay, if you can pass the blame, if you can pass the buck, you will find reasons not to find a solution. Well, it's not my fault. Oh, well, you know, it's it's not my thing. I can't. And you'll just keep going in those cycles. Now, I know that some people will hear this and they'll say, you know, Paul, but not everything is my fault. I didn't cause coronavirus. I didn't get myself rear-ended. I didn't get cancer for myself. And I get it. Again, I am not saying that that stuff is not true. I'm not saying that you are not 100% correct. But that line of thinking gets us nowhere. Because even if something isn't your fault, it still is your responsibility. So if you want to stop self-sabotage and get out of your own way, it starts with accepting the realities of your current situation. And realizing that your life is your responsibility and no one else's. No one can change it for you. No one is coming to save you. The second key to ending self-sabotage is to set better goals. You know, this goes all the way back to episode one of this podcast. And the whole reason why I started this show. And that episode is called Start With Why. So if you're new here and you haven't listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to go all the way back to episode one and check it out as, you know, that episode alone has changed a lot of people's lives. And, you know, the thing is you have to understand a big reason that I've found myself in the past and my clients, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people, a big reason that I find us self-sabotaging is because we tend to set goals that don't actually matter. And when I say don't matter, what I mean is, setting goals that don't have a deep internalized meaning, right? So say weight loss is your goal. Again, just understand I'm always using weight loss as a goal because it's very easy for people to understand. I do not care about you losing weight. This is not a weight loss podcast. I'm just using it as a goal because lots of people can relate to this. Say you want to lose weight, but 
if that's your goal, I mean, that's not a very deeply meaningful goal. Who doesn't want to lose weight, right? If I had a magic wand and I'd say I could wave it and make you lose, you know, 10 pounds, pretty much everyone on the planet would take that deal, right? They'd accept it. But when you set the goal of losing weight, are you thinking about what it really means, what it entails, what's the reason behind it, and what it will take to get to that goal? Why, why do you want to lose weight? Is it even truly for you? Or is it because of some sense of insecurity that's been implanted into your brain by decades of marketing and subliminal messaging and social programming, right? Because if you did want to lose weight, why, why is that number so specific? Why 20 pounds? Why not 10? Why not 23? We usually have these arbitrary numbers that are linked to arbitrary goals, right? Oh, you know, I just need to lose 20 pounds and then everything's going to be different. Why? Why? You know, and the thing is that when we have these arbitrary goals that aren't deeply meaningful, these goals are easily thrown to the wayside when times get hard, which they always do, right? If I don't actually think about what the struggle entails and I don't have a meaningful reason to stick through it when I start to struggle, I'm just going to say, well, screw this, right? Because, you know, like if you honestly, if you don't have a deep, meaningful reason for the goal, you're going to give up. And you probably should give up because if you don't have a meaning for it, if you don't have a reason for it, then it probably means that the goal was force fed to you somehow, right? I want to get rich. Well, why, why do I want to get rich? If I have a reason for it, like when I have this much money, then I can do this with it and I'm going to build schools in Tanzania and I'm going to help this many kids and I can picture the kid in my head because when I, I went there when I was studying abroad in college and I've always wanted to help and blah, 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 blah. And now I do that and that, that becomes the driving factor in my heart, in my life to do this, to make this money, to change the world. I love that. But when it's like, I want to be rich because having a million dollars is what they say on Instagram is makes you rich. It's like, well, who said that means anything? It's just a goal that's been, again, force-fed to you by social media and by marketers and by whomever else, and it has no actual meaning. You know, if, if I want something because I need it, because deep down, I know in my heart, in my heart of hearts, that it's what I want, right? This podcast, I know myself, Paul, I know that I have to make this podcast successful because it's my mission to change the world and because I know that I can affect the most people by broadcasting this podcast out into the internet and having tens of thousands and millions of people listen to it. And I know that like I know that the fucking sun will rise each morning. You can hear it in my voice. That is a goal that's worth pursuing. But wanting to lose weight because I'll look good, that's horseshit. Because look good isn't real. Again, it's a thought that was implanted in my head by TV and movies and kids in high school who made fun of me for being fat and whatever else. It has no real meaning other than the fact that I think that I will get satisfaction once I get there. But if you just ask anyone who's lost a ton of weight or won the lottery or moved across the country to start over and found that their life is still exactly the same as the old life they had before, just a little lighter or with a little bit more money, they'll tell you that that shit does not matter. It only matters if it matters. And this is why, personally, I've become disconnected from things like the gym and lifting weights in recent years. You know, I used to go to the gym and have chest and arm day scheduled, but I never really wanted to do it. I was just, I always wanted to skip and 
I'd rather just sit home and watch Netflix and eat a bag of Cheetos. So was I being lazy? Or was it that I had no real connection to the goal of having a bigger chest? Like who said that that was the ideal physique? You know, like I, I understand that fitness is important and movement and exercise are important and I want to do those things. But why did that mean I had to bench press? You know, I have clients who never go to the gym. They enjoy doing Pilates and dancing with and dancing Zumba and playing with their kids in the park. And that's a great thing for them because they're not trying to make themselves fit into a goal that was not made by them. By trying to force feed yourself goals because they are the accepted as the, the standard, you know, it, it might seem smart on the surface because it seems motivating, but it's not. It's not real motivation. And what will happen is deep down, your subconscious mind will end up going, uh, well, F that noise. I don't even actually care about that result. So why am I going to put myself through all of the stress of doing the work to get it? And this is why people struggle with motivation. It's because there's no connection to the goal or the result. And when that's the case, you're going to find it very hard to stay motivated. Where if instead you have goals that aren't just arbitrary and are actually built around you and make you feel good and make you excited to go out and do the work that it will take to achieve them, then you're setting yourself up for success. And that's why setting better goals is the second key to ending self-sabotage. And then third and last, the last key to stop self-sabotage dead in its tracks is for you to embrace failure. See, the biggest, most pervasive form of self-sabotage is undoubtedly perfectionism. You know, every client that I work with in the Healthy Happy Human Academy, my one-on-one VIP coaching clients get completely unique and customized blueprints for how we're going to tackle and reach their goals because all of them are unique with unique goals and unique circumstances. Every person is a special little snowflake, except that in one area, and that is right here, because every single person I work with, and you can ask any of my clients this, I start the exact same way. The very first talk we have, I tackle perfectionism right out of the gate. I have to set them up for success by setting them up to be able to handle failure because it's natural. We want things to go well. We want everything to work out perfectly. We expect them to. And then when they don't, these little thought gremlins come in. They creep into your brain saying things like, well, there's no point now. Or, you know, see, I knew, I knew we couldn't do this. Let's just go back and watch more Netflix. You know, this is the dieter who has one meal off their plan and then they say, screw it for the whole day, which turns into a whole weekend, which turns into I'll start next month, right? This is the gym guy who has five workouts scheduled and then life gets crazy and they have to skip two days and instead of going for three, they just say screw it to the whole week, right? This is one of my clients who is a stock trader and literally called me at nine in the morning saying his day was ruined because he woke up an hour after his alarm and that his whole schedule was thrown off. He, he, was, he was literally spiraling. And I just paused and asked. I was like, your day was ruined because you woke up at 
seven instead of six. And he's like, yeah, it's it's all fucked. It's like, I, I can't do anything. I, I'm an hour behind on this and an hour behind on this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is at nine in the morning. Imagine believing your entire day was over before most of the world had even gotten up or clocked into work. But this is the power that perfectionism has over people. When we're thinking clearly and logically, it's easy to see how perfectionism is a fallacy and it holds us back. However, once again, this stuff is human nature. And when it's happening, we're not thinking clearly or logically. And this isn't just me or you. This is just how our brains work. So to combat this, we have to learn to lean into failure. You have to understand that not only is failure probable, it is guaranteed. There is no world, no universe or timeline in all of Dr. Strange's multiverse where you are not going to fail. It is as certain as it is that the sun is going to rise each morning or as certain as it is that I'm going to click, I'm still watching on Netflix. Like There is no way around it. You cannot be perfect. You cannot be perfect. You cannot be perfect. I hope you understand why I emphasize that. Because once you accept that reality, hey, that's key one. Then you won't have to be so afraid of failing anymore. You'll be able to push yourself more. You'll be able to push yourself to try things that normally you might not but things that are actually meaningful to you, which is key too. And then most importantly, when you do fail, which you will, you won't let it get you down because you'll remember that it's all part of the process. And that's key three. So I hope this was helpful. And I hope that this helps you to get out of your own way. Because when you get out of your own way, you will literally see the world open up for you. There will be nothing else in the world that can stop you because you are now in control. You'll get more done. You'll feel better both inside and out. So your action step for today is simple. I want you to write down the three keys and keep them with you at all times. I don't care where you do it. Grab an index card, a business card, write it on a note on your phone, just somewhere where you have it within arm's reach all day. And the next time you catch yourself getting into your own way, simply take it out and read over those three keys. Take it out, read over it, and see which one you need in that moment and see if you can't get yourself out of your own way so that you can keep yourself moving forward. All right, that's it for today. As always, thank you for being here. I hope you got a lot out of this episode, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen during your workout, your walk, your commute, or whatever else it is you're doing. If you got some value out of this episode, I encourage you to hit that little share button and send it to a friend. I personally always share podcasts with my friends and family, and they are always grateful for it because it's a way we can all learn and grow together. If you want to help support my show and help me grow, leave an honest rating review in iTunes. And... If you really love what I'm doing here and want to support the show, you can click the link in the show notes to buy me a coffee. I self-fund this podcast with no ads and no sponsors just because I want to help more people live healthy, happy lives. If you believe in the mission like I do and want to help me grow, then that is a small way that you can get involved. Thank you again for your love, your listens, and your support, and I'll see you here next week. But until then, stay healthy, 
Stay happy, my friends.